0: Welcome, everybody, to a zero year podcast where I have uh, no idea what I'm talking about and I'm learning along the way. I am your host, Ty. Before we even get started, I got to say that uh, I was teetering my opinion on this like four issue run uh, for the longest time because I thought issue one has had its highs, issue two had its highs, and issue three. I feel like more so had its lows. But the way that this issue, this final issue, chapter four, all comes together and um, realizing that Christopher Nolan used quite a bit of this last chapter for the uh, plot of the Dark Knight and seeing Gordon's art kind of come to a full circle some of the images that David uh kind of just illustrated here and the way it was front and center really took me by surprise and I got to say that I love this uh this little run that we have here and I love that at the the end of Batman Begins is similarly the ending to this and I also love because here's the thing like a, a lot and I'm not I'm not an author right but You know, people will watch something and be like, oh, my God, that was telegraphed, you know, three episodes back. That was telegraphed, you know, 10 chapters ago. And in my mind, if like a show telegraphs something and you catch it and it follows through on that, that doesn't mean it's bad writing. You know, predictable writing doesn't mean it's bad writing. And I mentioned several times that I felt like like uh, Frank Miller was setting up the the. The absence of um, experience with the Batman and how Gordon has experience and how um, all of these things are falling in a line where it seems like, you know, inevitably at the end, they become a team. You know, you see Harvey Dent once, uh, like you get droplets of Harvey Dent and that kind of comes full circle in this issue, which is fitting because the next thing we talk about outside of Batman Impostor is gonna be the long Halloween. But I also really love that how Bruce has kind of come together as the Batman at the end where it's it's um Gordon regretting or not wanting a baby in this Godforsaken city and Gordon questioning if there's hope in the city and then and I think chapter two you see the panel of Uh, Batman directly below that or it's like um, his regret for having a baby in the city and you see Bruce's uh, Bruce at his parents tombstones or at their gravesite and here you have Batman saving his child and it just comes full circle in such a way that I thought even though like through these four issues I kind of got not necessarily bored because there was a lot of stuff I have seen and that's primarily because of the adaptations of the movie, but the way this final issue came together just wrapped it up so neatly that I was just, I'm was just incredibly impressed with the job that Frank Miller and David Masicelli did. Uh, it, like, ooh, man. Um, I still think this is, right now, my uh, third favorite thing of Batman, because I just think the Court of Owls and the Dark Knight Returns is just are just that good, but I got to say that I was really, really impressed with this. And, you know, I've been doing like three episodes, you know, taking time um in between two days and then recording when I got home at three because I work from 4 a.m. to 3 p.m. and I get home. And that's when I do these episodes, if I do do them. And I've been taking three, you know, two days apart and then the third day I'll record. And I was so impressed by this issue that I just had to talk about it immediately. So with that being said, <laughs> if you'd like to discuss Batman, ask questions or simply annoy me, you can follow me at zero year podcast on Twitter, or if you want to follow my personal, you can follow me at Stillbook Daddy. That is correct. If you troll me, I will make you call me Daddy. Uh, that has been a long-standing rule. But today, we are talking about Batman Year 1, Chapter 4, aka Batman 407 which is written by Frank Miller, penciled and inked by David Mazzucchelli, colored by Richmond Lewis, lettered by Todd Klein, and edited by Dennis O'Neill. This issue came out May of 1987, and also in this issue, it takes place from September 2nd to December 3rd. So some trivia notes and some characters that are introduced. Um, this This issue marks the end of the retelling of Batman's origin for the new continuity. The next one that actually revamps it is the origin of Jason Todd. Batman chronologically appears next in Catwoman number three. References made to the Joker in this issue, of course, I kind of alluded to that. Jefferson Skeever's appears last in Batman 406. Detective Arnold Flass can be seen in the four-issue limited series Gordon of Gotham. Let me know how that is. I'm curious about that. Catwoman chronologically appears next in Detective Comics 569. Holly Robinson appears next in Catwoman number one. Some trivia. James Gordon is promated. Is that even promated like you're for mating promoted to the rank of captain in this issue? The tagline to this issue is he's out to clean up the city that likes being dirty, but he can't do it alone. The final scene of the movie Batman Begins. Of course, I alluded to this already, you know, Joker based on the panels, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There is a Donald Duck toy and a Mickey Mouse telephone featured in this issue. Uh, uh, Yep, the mouse rules the world. There is a reference to the theatrical genre, vaudeville. Gordon and Essen revisit Hopper's in a panel frame to homage the famous Nighthawk's painting of Edward Hopper. Of course, um, that I alluded to is is in the Batman. So, I totally forgot to do this last time because I don't know why, but... We have uh, some characters. So featured character, of course, is Bruce Wayne. Supporting character, Alfred. Harvey Dent. Holly Robinson. James Gordon. Sarah Essen. We have some antagonists as well. Arnold Flask. Flask. I don't know why you say Flask. Why you don't like falafel? Carmine Falcone, who finally gets his famous scars. Catwoman. Gillian B. Loeb. Jefferson Skevers. John Vitti. And some other characters we have. Barbara Eileen Gordon. Brandon Merkel, James Gordon Jr. first appearance, Norton single appearance, Tom single appearance, Trish single appearance, and Otto the Cat. So I'm gonna read you the. Uh, sh- I'm I'm gonna try to keep this synopsis condensed, but it's not going to be a lot. Happens in this issue, and I mean a lot. James Gordon and Sarah Essen have dinner together. Jim feels guilty over their recent affair, but doesn't have the will to call it off. He even gives Sarah a bracelet, a present that she could have gone to his pregnant wife. Finally, Sarah makes the decision to break it off. She puts in a transfer to New York City. A few days later, Gordon arrests noted drug dealer Jefferson Skevers. Skevers is a key figure that can link Detective Flass to an organized crime, but he's not revealing any information. Assistant District Attorney Harvey Dent allows the court to grant him bail. Um, So Batman can beat the shit out of him. Uh, Batman sneaks into Skeever's hotel room and accosts him. The same night, Skeever approaches Lieutenant Gordon, offering to reveal everything he knows concerning Detective Flass and the illegal conduct. After taking Jefferson's statement, Gordon bypasses Commissioner Loeb and goes straight to Internal Affairs. I don't like the fact that you have people that I investigated in internal affairs. If you remember the Dark Knight, of course. Uh, Loeb does not appreciate Gordon going over his head. To further illustrate his displeasure, he shows him a surveillance photo of Jim and Sarah kissing one another. Loeb is more than ready to expose Gordon's tryst if he continues pursuing an indictment against Flass. Later, Gordon and his wife Barbara visit Wayne Manor. Jim interviews Bruce Wayne concerning his suspicious actions, but Bruce dismisses all notions that he could possibly be Batman. As the two leave the estate, Jim confines in Barbara and tells her of the affair, which is a really uh, cool scene between Bruce and uh, Gordon because he's got a model there who doesn't, like, I think speak a uh, a bit of English and... uh, he's he He's acting overtly drunk, and after they leave, um Alfred reveals that he was drinking like like grape soda, and he was just acting that way, so that's a uh, kind of that's a neat little thing a few nights later, Gordon and a few loyal officers interrogate Flass at length at first, he refuses to cooperate, but before long he agrees to detail everything he knows, including dirt on Commissioner Loeb. Meanwhile, Barbara Gordon gives birth to her son, James Gordon Jr. A few nights later, the Catman raids the home of Carmine Falcone. She believes that making a strike against Falcone will help forge her own legendary status. And I have a question about that because is the long Halloween is like a part of this continuity, right? So that that do we find out that's her dad? Is that how that works? I'm not sure. The Batman arrives and attacks Falcone's men. The Catwoman escapes capture, but not before raking her claws across ca- across Falcone's face. The media learns of the incident and reports that the Batman and this mysterious new Catwoman are working together in collusion with one another. Commissioner Loeb makes a telephone call to Falcone. He instructs him to take measures against Gordon. Falcone sends his men to Gordon's apartment, where they abduct his wife and infant son. I'm going to comment more on this after I'm done. Um, Jim manages to shoot a few of the kidnappers, but Johnny VD takes off in his car with the baby. Fortunately for Gordon, Bruce Wayne is present incognito. He follows Jim, who takes off after Falcone on a motorcycle, while Jordan deals with Johnny. Bruce rescues baby Jim Gordon. <laughs> baby Jim, that's just funny. Days later, news of Commissioner Loeb's corrupt regime hits the media wire. Loeb announces his possible resignation. The incident places Gordon back into the spotlight, and he is soon promoted to the rank of captain. With Sarah Essendon gone to New York, Gordon starts working on his marriage to save it. Around this time, a maniac calling himself the Joker has threatened to poison Gotham's water reservoir. But Gordon has already contacted the Batman marking the beginning of their long time collaboration. So the baby kidnapping scene. Um I think when I talked about um like Frank Miller's writing coming together, but also David Mazzicelli's art coming together as well because we do in the second issue I believe get a scene of him not using his gun because he hates it, but he keeps practicing anyway. And then at the end of the third issue, he kind of talks about how his gun is getting heavy. Like the duty is too much to bear because there just really isn't any escaping the current corruption that's going on. And in this final issue, his gun is used to put down individuals who are harming his family along with uh, the Batman. You know, the Batman and Gordon at their lowest points in issue three are able to come together and accomplish something that seems impossible. A baby's thrown off the bridge. The baby is illustrated being thrown off the bridge, and you see the baby fall down, and Batman catches the baby. And as a, a dad of a two two two-and-a-half-year-old toddler, I was just I was struck because I'm like, man, I can't really believe that they're showing this. Like, I could believe that they would draw or illustrate something implied, but Jesus Christ, like, I... I audibly gasp when the I saw the panel of the baby falling because I don't know. You know, when you become a parent, and um, this might not be true for all parents. Um, I know a lot of mothers like think like this, and dads also maybe sometimes think like this. But I do. And it's where like you'll be putting on your shoes, and it's like, I if a car just like rammed itself through the house, would I be fast enough to grab my child? And those are just intrusive thoughts. You could be showering, and it's like, what if my kid slipped down an escalator and I wasn't able to catch him? And those are just intrusive thoughts of being a parent. And uh, I remember asking my father-in-law, what's it like being a parent? And he told me, uh, you will be scared every day for the rest of your life, and that it's traumatizing. And I remember thinking, man, I don't think I want to have a kid. And seeing the panel of the baby falling, you know is just it's just gut-wrenching to me but Bruce catching the baby and somewhat like I don't know if this this was my interpretation it's like illustrate it's it's like an illustration of him almost saving himself um him saving the son of a good man in Gotham um it, you know because it, uh, you know in he, when he enters Gotham, when he comes back to Gotham, he's not, he doesn't seem concerned with other people. He just comes, see, I mean, he even beats up the prostitutes, but he seems more so concerned with who he views as the enemy. And I don't think he knew what the enemy was. And Gordon didn't either. And I think them, like, having to come together to solve this issue. They've finally figured out that in order to save Gotham, in order to protect people, they have to work together. Like It's weird that a masked vigilante and an altruistic police officer are working together in a city that's riddled with crime, corruption, despair, and just dirt and grime. And that's a weird concept, but if it works, it works. And seeing the very last panel of Gordon smiling with the smoke and he says, calls himself the Joker. I've got a friend who might be able to help. Should be here any minute. Like, that's just... Man, that's great to be able to see, like, the origin story of not really just Batman, but the relationship of Jim and Bruce. Because the their relationship in Batman Begins is really, really good. But you don't get a sense of who Gordon is. You just get a sense of the necessity of their relationship and why they should work together. But getting to know Gordon on a personal level and an altruistic level, uh, like really cemented him as a really just great character in this little run and whatnot. So I really enjoyed this issue and I enjoyed reading year one and um, I enjoyed going issue by issue, you know, that might not be everybody's preferred thing. And, you know, some books I might not do issue by issue because either A, that'll take too long, or B, there's not enough to talk about. But I do think going issue by issue with this was really necessary because I kind of got the whole picture of certain things that I might not have picked up on. And I really do appreciate the, like, five or six people that are listening. This is a little side thing. I'm not a professional. I just love this character, and I'm happy that I was able to watch a film that inspired me to r- read all these things. Like, I don't know why I haven't before. Like, my Morrison omnibus, omnis, omnis just came in, and uh, I'm getting really excited about the uh the the third volume that's coming in tomorrow final crisis and then the second volume of scott snyder's run so i'm just i don't know i'm just excited so next is probably going to be batman impostor and then we'll get into the long halloween i want to do batman ego last because that's not really continuity i just heard that it's like this artistic has this artistic flair and it's more psychological so i'm curious to see how that stands up on its own so with that being said, you can follow me, of course, at Zero Year Podcast, or you can follow me at book Daddy. You can leave your questions, comments, concerns, bitches. Um, psh, I don't know, literally anything. You can send me comic books if you want. I mean, psh, why not? But I really want to hear from you guys if uh, you are alive and well, and I hope everybody's alive and well. So stay out of the shadow, Gothamites.